Welcome to City Council Chronicles. Somewhere out there, a City Council meeting is happening, and you're not watching it, but I am. All right, settle down, everybody. It's not like there's a podcast going on. I'm Michael Carlick, and you are listening to City Council Chronicles. For City Council meeting reviews, the best and only place to go is councilchronicles.com. Now, folks, if you were paying attention to the nightly news, you may have heard that last week was Canada Day and the 4th of July, which is an amazing coincidence. I mean, how often does that happen in the same week? I, what's that? Every year? It happens every year. Huh. That's quite the scam. But anyway, the reason that this program can declare its independence from the big corporate monarchy is because of our locally owned, freedom-loving sponsor, Dig Deep Research, a leading cultivator of creative funding solutions for those seeking capital grants. Do your parks need a facelift? Has that wastewater system gone to crap? Talk to the grant strategists at Dig Deep, who can help point you to the most fertile ground for long-term funding. With their proprietary database and insider know-how, Dig Deep does all the digging for you. Just ask the folks at the City of Newport, Oregon, whose investment has returned a 6 to 1 average ROI with Dig Deep's help. Visit GoDigDeep.com to learn more. On today's episode, there's no place like home, except perhaps for Homewood, Alabama, population 25,000 in the suburbs of Birmingham. I talk with the Ward 5 counselor, Jennifer Andrus, about one heck of a meeting involving those newfangled scooters. However, and this may come as a shock to you, there are some problems in Alabama, including where did a missing council video and committee meeting minutes go? Well, grab your magnifying glass and let's get to it. Episode 127, stay tuned. Counselor Andrus, I noticed in the course of my research that Homewood is just up the road from Woodstock, Alabama, the setting for the popular S-Town podcast. How has life in Homewood changed after becoming a mecca for international podcast tourism? That is amazing because I have two things to tell you. A, my husband and I, who are behind the behind the times on such matters, literally just finished that podcast about a week ago. No way! And B, uh, I happened to be in West Blockton uh, a couple of weeks ago to see the Cahaba Lilies, 
just mm-hmm. miles from John B. McLemore's estate. So um, I, I, this was all new to me. I knew there was some buzz about it, but uh, it was fascinating. And one of the friends that I went with to see uh, the Cabo Lilies took a side trip over to the entrance of his property. And she posted a picture on Instagram with the do not, no trespassing sign at the long path going into his property. So um, pretty fascinating stuff. And I was actually in my hair salon yesterday and they were saying that a lot of the folks, the Birmingham folks on there, that people knew them. And uh, uh-huh. anyway, so it's been really interesting to, to listen to that story. Oh, so you have a newfound appreciation for your part of the country now. This, this question would have been lost on me two weeks ago. <laughs> but now, now I can speak uh, with great authority, and uh, it was really fascinating. And uh, listen, I, you know, I, you know, I know someone who looks and sounds like every person on that podcast, so uh, it was fascinating. Okay, well, not to be outdone by NPR, I took the liberty of creating my own trailer for (laughs) this podcast. Take a listen. There are two things you need to make a sundial. First, you need the flat surface that marks the hours of the day. Then, you need a blade that casts the shadow of the sun. But what isn't so obvious is that there is a third part to the sundial, and we are standing on it. That's the Earth. The Earth's rotation is what makes the telling of time possible. What would happen if the Earth stopped? We would all die. And it was all this talk of death that made me travel to Homewood, Alabama to uncover the biggest story of my life. There is some crazy shit happening in Homewood. Hi, where in the library can I look up, um, some murders? So that, to me, is fraud and lying and stealing. Do you know where the body was buried? I would love to know. Mr. Mayor. No comments from Mr. Mayor. All right. Mayor, it's Michael. I know you're in there. If I don't come out of these woods in an hour, tell the coroner to bring a body bag. Oh, hey, guys. The mayor's calling. Hello, mayor. What do you need? To see what your insides look like. All right, how accurately did I capture what it's like to live in Homewood? Did you? I'm just dying. Was that Peter Wright in the middle of that? Was my co-counselor Peter Wright? That sounded just like him. Was that him? You recognized him. (laughs) Yes, he's famous now. I can't not wait to tell my husband this story because we there are no two bigger fans of Peter Wright than me and my husband, and that is amazing. So I can't wait to tell him the story. <laughs> uh, well, I know we just met, but that's a bold assumption that you are the biggest <laughs> fan, madam. Right. This is right. Would would definitely object to that. But, but my husband, <laughs> and I love us and Peter Wright, and I love serving with him, and he is amazing. All right. Well, I think that's all the complimenting we need to do of Peter Wright at this point in time. So let's bookend that and move on. Now, to your council meetings, something that caught my attention about Homewood is that, am I understanding correctly, there is no public comment period? So we have public hearings. Mm -hmm. Now, unlike Birmingham City Council, Birmingham City Council has a public 
comment period at each weekly meeting. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of our work in committee. So the way our schedule works is on one Monday, we will have committee meetings and all five of our committees will meet. And then on uh, the following week, we'll have our council meeting. So we typically don't, we don't take public comment at the council meeting. Um, The committee meetings are a lot more laid back. Um, You know, it's not difficult to get on our agenda, you know, um, and then, and then we have open discussion and committee. So, um, but, and, and then of course we have public hearings in the council meetings, you know, certainly that's, that's public comment all day long. So, uh, public comment about one specific topic though. Yes. Correct. Yes, Mm, correct. Okay. Well, on the one hand, I applaud you. I talk into this microphone and occasionally allow a guest to speak. Frankly, I don't think it improves the quality of the program, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Why not hand the microphone over to John and Jane Q. Homewood to let them share whatever is on their mind to the entire council and the entire viewing audience? Well, I think it's more just more of a procedural question. Um, it, it really is, you know, procedurally the way we would go about doing something like that is to have them, you know, request to be put on the agenda, which no one has been, we don't deny anyone on the agenda. So what, so like I said, procedurally, what we do is send that through a committee. Hmm. If you, if you had a presentation to make, for example, um, any charity organization that you're involved in, um, you know, we would put you on the very beginning of a council agenda and you could address the council then. Um, but it would be a specific, you know, request. It wouldn't just be random open mic, anyone stand up and talk. So I, I think it's just a procedural question, honestly. Hmm. Well, instead of public comment, here is some of the activity that does transpire in the meetings. Mr. Jones, um, could you have your meeting on the 21st? That would be a good thing. Uh, sure, but we only really we really only have two items, so we only need about 15 minutes. But uh, we can have it on the 21st at 6 o'clock. That's fine. Well, that's, Wait, no, that's, that's there. Oh, 5.30. Okay. 5.30, finance on the 21st. That, that works fine. I'm going to set my meeting actually before Walter's. Um, you said 5.30? 5.30. Okay. I'll do... I think we can probably knock it out in 15 minutes. So I'm going to say 5:15 on the 21st for special issues. All right. Thank you. You had like nine items that were added on. Oh gosh, that's right. Just, just point it <laughs> no, out. No, you're so just, right. So <laughs> could we could we make it five o'clock? Let me make it five o'clock instead of 5:15. That'll give us 30 minutes. That that should give us enough time. I'm sorry. Do you guys not have a set committee meeting schedule? So that's, it's uh, agenda driven. And right now, the way we've been working the last couple of years, we've been undergoing capital improvement projects at our school system. And so we've had finance set every Monday or every other Monday, rather at five o'clock. And then we sort of, the other committees um, fill their schedule around that. And so we meet every Monday. And so we have our committee meetings every other Monday. And I will tell you, I, I know we say we last 15 minutes, but there's very rarely a time when we keep things down to 15 minutes. So I know that sounds mm-hmm. like it's quick, but, um, uh-huh. but yeah, that's that sounds like the end of every one of our council meetings when we sit there and go through our calendars. 
Uh, yeah, it's a sight to behold, and I don't know what's in the water down there that makes you tight-fisted with the public comment, but loose with the government meeting times. But why shouldn't the residents have a regular committee meeting time that they can rely upon if they want to attend any one of these important meetings? Well, they are always on Monday. You know, beginning at five o'clock, they're there every Monday, so we're always there. It it, it just you know, like I said, we finance is set at five o'clock and then we set everything else around it. So typically finance is the first meeting that will take place and everything will follow. And then council is always at six o'clock the following Monday. You know, normally I don't get this worked up about council committee meetings, but I just got a Fitbit and I'm trying to keep my heart rate about 100 beats per minute at all times. I notice that you do not stream your committee meetings online, nor does Homewood put the committee meeting minutes online. And that's shocking. Oh, well, we do that. Now, we do put the committee meetings online, absolutely. As soon as we approve them, they do go online, absolutely. Um, now, you're right about the Facebook live uh or the the streaming live we've you know a few of us have talked about that um you know there's some extra costs involved um i don't know that there are 11 of us on the council and i'm not sure that there would be 11 votes for that i i would vote for that i've asked about that um you know but i will say that we post those meetings as soon as they're over so they are on the website as soon as they're over and we absolutely post our meetings online we absolutely do that in fact we've begun just in the last week, posting them on Facebook as well. I'm surprised by your contention that the council meeting minutes are online because this paper right here that I'm waving for dramatic effect <laughs> is the meeting minutes from your public safety committee on April 1st, 2019. The dossier was leaked to me by an anonymous source deep within the government who, I'm sorry, my producer is telling me that we asked the city clerk and she gave it to us okay okay did she hand it off in like a parking garage or no she emailed it to us all right well the point is that i had to request the minutes from the city because they were not posted online and that's shocking because alabama has a highly progressive tradition of things that i thought would come to mind before i started that sentence why <laughs> do you make it hard for people to see the work of your government so we don't put committee meeting minutes online. You are Thank correct you. on that. So you have the public safety committee meeting minutes. Now we do put the council meeting minutes online every single every time they are approved, they are put online. Now the committee meeting minutes are, are different. You're right. Um, and the reason we don't is just the enormity of the amount of what it would be. And so what we've done is once that those minutes are approved at council, that becomes part of the council minutes. So again, just a procedural step there. That's just procedurally the way we've the way we're, you know, apply, the way we're complying with uh, Alabama Open Records Act, which we do. And then certainly our city clerk, who is just the biggest saint. I mean, you, you will never meet a kinder, more uh, diligent public servant than her. And she certainly, you know, makes gets that request out immediately. In fact, we just last week went through a Long discussion. Mm -hmm. um, Alabama currently does not have a time limit on a, a request for open records. For example, you could request something, and and it, you know, there's no time limit on when that gets uh, when when that gets supplied to you. Mm -hmm. And we just passed on Monday night a 10 day 
uh, limit, you, you will receive a response within 10 days from Homewood. So that is actually something that's, you know, further uh, compliant than the state. Well, that is fantastic. And the need for a public records request would be eliminated altogether if the minutes were simply online. Is it that hard of a thing to do? Well, I think we we had this discussion, like I said, just within the last week or two. And, and like I said, the committee meeting minutes become part of the council meeting minutes, which are automatically posted online as soon as they are approved. So they are online as such. Hmm. Okay. Well, in looking at these minutes here, it says that the public safety committee meeting I mentioned earlier was scheduled for 5.15 p.m. It started at 5.32 p.m. and adjourned less than an hour later at 6.25. The committee tabled two items, carried over one, and voted to recommend no parking on the west side of Oak Grove Road. Now, that's all well and good. I would have done the same thing, but these minutes don't really capture the lead-up to the action. What was the debate? Who asked what questions? What information did you receive? Do you think that bare-bones action minutes, as we call them in the business, are appropriate considering they are the only record of the committee's work? Right. Yeah, I understand that question, certainly. Um, Our city clerk takes, you know, diligent notes, uh, you, but you're correct. That is what the committee meetings uh, minutes look like and, and sound like. Um, you know, we when the item comes again to the council for a vote, um, sometimes we get into a greater discussion. Other times we don't. Uh, I, I would tell you that our council meeting minutes are quite detailed and capture every comment that's made mm-hmm. from one of us or from the public or from our city attorney or from any of our department heads. But I agree with you. I, uh Committee meeting minutes are uh, bullet-pointed and um, action-oriented. Well, to your credit, not only are the council minutes thorough, but Homewood's council meetings are streamed online. And also, to your credit, those meetings are pretty mellow. Uh, Mellow is the polite way of saying boring. (laughs) But after y'all lulled me into a false sense of security, I realized that I was watching over and over again an extremely high number of meetings about about the same subject, nuisance properties. There's a large rotted out area above the rear doors that's that's wide open to, to pests and the elements. There's no working uh, plumbing, no facilities that are operable. That's a that's a code violation. Uh, there's no there's no power. <clears throat> excuse me. There's no power on and the house. And you could smell a lot of cat urine and all around the house. Uh, at the time, I think they're going in and out of the crawl space. It's just un- it, 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 the smell is overwhelming. Uh, the, sm- the smell of mold. There's a there's a giant hole in the roof right in the center of the place that's just um, been dumping water in. There's plants growing in. There's just rubbish and garbage just uh, piled. Yeah, grade school age boys in a neighborhood who are very adventurous, and that's sure. what we're on That door kicks open it's it's a you know rite of passage who's going to go through dr johnny's house and you see from the pictures that's what i mean it's scary 
Whoa, whoa, you're telling me that you're taking away the rite of passage that is breaking into a creepy abandoned home and daring your friend Ethan to lock himself in the closet? Please, I don't have lighting in the lower 10 floors of this building just so my interns can have that experience and also faulty wiring. How <laughs> often would you say you have to decide whether somebody's house is a nuisance? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. I remember that exact discussion. We just did one of those Monday night, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. But not. It's. I would. I would say maybe once a quarter, and they usually put them all on the same night, so we may yeah. have several on one night. Um, and I will. And let me also say, our compliance officer. I just love him to death, and he's been in the city for a long time, and he's so compassionate and. You know, he knows the story behind, you know, when I first got on the council, I talked to him about a house that was in my ward. And, you know, he knew the gentleman. He knew the gentleman's parents who had passed away. I mean, it's just, it's really, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting, sad thing sometimes, some of the situations that come before us. But I'd say we probably deal with that about once a quarter. Well, Homewood is pretty small, about 25,000 people. How often do you drive around the city and see, oh, that property is absolutely trashed, and then a couple of weeks later, you're voting whether to condemn it? Our city is eight square miles, but I I definitely... You know, we we typically know right away when something comes before us. You know, we, we're familiar with the property. Uh, I've got two kids that I take to, you know, practices and school and whatever. And so I drive around a lot during the day. And so I'm pretty familiar with everything that comes before us. We all are. I mean, we're, you know, we've got the city covered. There's 11 of us. And uh, we've all lived here a long mm-hmm. time. And um, we travel these miles a lot. So, uh, how often have you had to vote whether to condemn a property of someone you know? Never. I've never had to do that. Never. Uh, th- there's one that was right around the corner from me, um, but I, did, I didn't know the homeowner at all. Um, the one when I first got on the council, you know, that gentleman ended up passing away and there was nobody uh he had not willed that home to anyone. There was no next of kin. And so that took a little bit of a process. And then the one that was kind of right behind me a few, a couple of years ago, I, I didn't know the homeowner and I, I can't even remember the circumstances. So there's been three in my neighborhood, but I didn't know anybody personally. Um, as far as the other wards go, I didn't know anybody personally either. Hmm. Uh, with 11 counselors in an eight-square-mile city, uh, more than one counselor per square mile, do you <laughs> yeah. ever worry about the consequences of condemning a house in your neighborhood and how the people who live there will view you, their neighbor? Uh, granted, you're not voting to put bulldozers on yeah. the site the very next day, but how do you deal with those relationships? Well, I think the the first and foremost thing I would say, for example, the, okay, I'll give you an example. The, the home that I mentioned that I had known about for 17 years was just in awful condition, and I did not know the homeowner. We gave this guy a million breaks and a million chances, so there's that. And then um, once you see, you know, we had pictures inside the house. I mean, it was really awful, and so it's yeah. not hard to argue with you know, Hey, look, there's actually animals living right here in the kitchen sink. I mean, it was not hard to argue with that. And then also, you know, you got to think about all the other neighbors around that property that want that property gone. So, 
it, you know, you're, you're, you're representing a, you know, obviously you've got the homeowner that we're condemning the property, but you're also representing everybody around them. And so, for example, in a situation like this public nuisance, um, situation we had Monday night. I mean, yes, you hear the homeowner speak and you and you have sympathy for the homeowner, but then neighbor after neighbor comes up and says, look, this has been going on for 10 years. I mean, you know, this person can sit here and say this all you want, but I've got pictures to prove that you asked them to do this and they didn't do it. You know, this is not right. This is a detriment to our neighborhood and our property values and our kids' safety. I mean, a lot of times it comes down to kids' safety, honestly. I know that sounds trite, but it's true. I mean, you know, I know that sounds cliche, like, what about the kids? But honestly, like the, you mentioned that guy saying, hey, these kids go on that property. That's not right. You know, they could sue the city for that. So, and Nevertheless, some of these property owners come in with pretty sad stories. Uh, let's roll track two. I occupy the house mainly for storage, and every once in a while I'll even stay there and sleep there. Uh, the house is not unsafe. Mr. Dobbs, how long has the house been without water, running water? I, what happened was in 09, I was visiting family in North Carolina and got hit by a car on the side of the road Sorry. and ended up with a broken neck, uh, comatose, uh, numerous other, other injuries that took a long time to heal up from. So in the meantime, my business here in town went under, um, and uh, and I wasn't here to make payments uh, on the uh, on the uh, utilities. So that's it's been since oh twelve or thirteen. Is the burden different when you are passing an ordinance that will affect a lot of people generally than it is when you're voting to affect one person specifically? Yeah, you, you've got to take, I mean, I, I know exactly which house this is. I can tell you exactly where it is. I remember this situation. That guy was urinating off of his front porch. I mean, you cannot have that in the middle of a city in a neighborhood and you know, he, you just, I mean, it is a sad story. And like I said, you know, and I go back again, I don't mean to repeat myself, but I go back to our compliance officer, you know, they don't bring these to us unless we've exhausted every measure. And that guy was standing at on his porch, urinating off the side of his porch. I mean, you just, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, there's just, mm -hmm. that was 2013. We had this discussion last year, I think in 2018. Um, so, you know, it had been, it, he had been given a lot of time to, to get within ordinance and, uh, you know, improve the situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. I, we really do know our neighbors and, and try to care for them. But at some point in time, when, when it, truly is a nuisance on surrounding neighbors and, and, the, and the citizens of the city, you know, we have to take action. So I, I'm, I'm going to defend that all day long. That house was a rat's nest and, and not safe. So, and a burden on all the surrounding neighbors. So I, I definitely am comfortable with where we are with all that. Right. I get the safety and the burden parts of this, but I've also noticed in other aspects of the Homewood Council that you all seem intent on preserving the visual appeal of the city. I mean, last year, you all were deliberating about the size of the crown in a Smoothie King sign. I guess I'm just wondering why the crown can't be shifted to be in line with the rest of the Smoothie King sign. Like... You said together they would they would add up to fifty. No, oh, you're saying 60. above the actual smoothie king lettering. 
Yes. More centered with the. Yeah, more like the logo on your shirt, for example. Well, then yeah. your measurement. I was, I He's saying, saying, could the crown be over the word smoothie king? And your council president made this strong remark about front yard fences back in January. There's no question. This council, and I'm saying this for our audience and anyone else who is listening, this council is is adamantly opposed to front yard fences. We are adamantly opposed to front yard fences. Is it important to your council how your city looks down to the minutest detail? I'm laughing so hard because sign this sign ordinance, we literally were in a two-hour meeting yesterday about our new sign ordinance. We have a new sign no ordinance boy. that we will be passing. Um, yeah, sign ordinances... Variance requests really vex this council. There is no question. And I actually voted for that Smoothie King. I thought it looked great. It was a, kind of a modern design. Hell yeah. The words stood apart from the crown. The crown was sort of painted in an artistic way on the side of the roof. And the Smoothie King lettering was uh, uh, standing apart from that. And I thought it looked awesome, actually. <laughs> so I voted for it. <laughs> um, I think that. With the, as far as where the sign ordinance goes, what, what we're trying to do, we brought in these two consultants, um, and they're helping us put together a, a sign ordinance that is a little looser, and therefore we don't have as many variance requests, but we uh, stick to it more. So in other words, you know, you'll you'll have an easier time fitting into the ordinance, but in there and therefore less amount of, of quibbling about stuff like this is a perfect example. Right now it's kind of, um, you know, it's arbitrary and capricious, honestly, sometimes some of the way we would go about it. And and I would agree with that. And I'm glad we're, we're doing something to address that. Uh, as far as the front yard fences go, um, honestly, that sort of was before my time. Not really sure where the strong opinions on that come from, but I know they are there. Um, I've got someone right now in my ward that's going to be requesting a front yard fence. Um, he's on a weird property that sits on a public highway and we've asked him to come back with a hedge that will go in the front yard. So from the house to the front of the property, it'll be a hedge rather than a fence. And he's brought that to us. He sent us that yesterday. And so we're going to vote to approve that, but yeah, you're right. Those are definitely things that trigger folks on the council. (laughs) (laughs) A hedge is just a fence that you have to water. What is the difference? That's right. I know. Hmm. That's what you're exactly right. Well, you know, there is one more issue that I noticed got your city council's motor spinning. And that is the scooters. Oh, the two-wheeled bird scooter is a-coming down the street, oh, please let it be for me. Oh, the two-wheeled bird scooter is a-coming down the street, but that is not where it should really be. Counselor, what was it like in Homewood the day the first scooters arrived? Were they as welcome as white snow on Christmas or as unwelcome as Donald Trump in any country? <laughs> yes, I would say I would say the latter. Oh. My gosh, that was some chaos. I think that was was that like exactly a year ago, I think. It was utter chaos. I mean, you know, apparently this is the MO of these companies that with these scooters is they come into town Mm -hmm. unannounced, no business permits, no discussion with city government, and they drop their products. And then everyone goes crazy for the products and they demand that the city government pass, you know, 
of ordinance allowing them to be in existence. So that is what they had hoped happened. And then they sent this poor guy who was nice as can be and probably was uh, not brand new. He said he was brand new, but he, you know, begged this, the company's forgiveness um, for their way they had acted, but that they would come in, you know, into compliance with city ordinances. And, um, oh my gosh, everybody just went off on him. And I'm sure you have all that. It was quite uh, a mess. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I do not have all of that because this came up in the September 10th meeting of 2018. But, and I may be breaking some news to you, Counselor, there is no video of that council meeting. Now, the Lord forgives, but I do not. Why is there no video for this consequential meeting? Uh, that's a good question. It, is there is there one for the preceding meeting and the following meeting? Like, is there one that that's just the one day that's missing? Or September we... twenty eighteen is completely gone from the video record in Homewood. Oh gosh, but everything around it is there. I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, I will. I know we had some video problems a couple of weeks ago, but I still think we managed to get the meeting up. Um, so I don't know. I'll have to ask about that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God I'm here to sound the alarm. But the reason we can continue is that thankfully the detailed meeting minutes do exist, as well as a post on HomewoodStreets.org from someone in the audience about that meeting. That's one of my that's one of my constituents by the way that does that blog. That's one of my guys that does that blog. <laughs> and by the way, I will tell you he is pro scooter. I know he is pro scooter. <laughs> well, he's also pro writing well because I'm quoting from this piece here. I'm a bit embarrassed to say that in my 10 years living in Homewood, I have yet to attend a city council meeting. Despite being a first timer, I wrote up a few notes, headed over checked out the directory in front of City Hall and entered the meeting prepared to speak. Prior to the vote being cast, I raised my hand to ask if I could address the council. As a first-time attendee, I'm not sure the correct decorum for getting the council's attention. Whatever I did didn't work because Council President Bruce Limbaugh, acting put off and clearly not impressed with my interruption, told me, this is not a public hearing and you are not allowed to speak. Now, the meeting minutes did not mention that exchange. Do you recall whether it happened as described? I don't dispute it at all. I I don't remember. uh, So the place for him to address that issue would have been in committee. So he would have come to committee the week before when we had it on the committee agenda and then spoken there. So that's, you know, as Bruce said, that's not a public hearing and, and I certainly don't dispute any of that. But I don't know why that wouldn't be in the minutes, though. Well, I will say, let me say this, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not offering an excuse, honestly. Our beloved city clerk, who we love dearly, took a leave of us last year for quite a while. She went for about six months, maybe a little more, over to a neighboring city. And so she was oh. not the one taking those minutes. I will say that. So that could be what the difference was there. 
we had someone else take the minutes at that point. Nonetheless, put yourself in the shoes of this uh, first-time council attendee. They hear about an issue. They hear the city council is voting on it. So their impulse is to show up to the council meeting and talk about it, only to learn a year later from a podcast that what they should have done was come to the committee meeting. Uh, do you see how it would be beneficial to maybe allow public comment in that circumstance or any circumstance? Yeah, so he would, and I know him, and he knows me, and he, I would have asked him to have spoken to me or to, and, or, or to have asked me what the procedure would have been, you know, and I also do a, uh, an email newsletter. Um, I don't do it, you know, by a schedule. I do it as, as things as I gather enough information to send out to folks. And so I communicate with my constituents, you know, every, every few weeks I send something out and he knows me, you know, he knows very well how to get in touch with me. And so I would, I would be surprised that he wouldn't have reached out to me first, but I, I certainly understand that he would have been frustrated. And, um, it, it, in the end, it does not matter because that, entire industry was not allowed under state law. So in the end, it just doesn't matter because state law, you know, prohibited them from being in, you know, in existence here. So until now, now it's available. But Right. And the specific action your council was voting on was a 60-day moratorium on the Bird scooters. Uh, the Post right. mentioned the spokesperson from Bird. You also mentioned him earlier uh, taking a beating. Uh, <laughs> the, the poster said the council, quote, ate him up, that he was completely unprepared and could not speak coherently. I'm assuming that might have referred to this line of argument from your favorite council. Councillor Peter Wright, quote, Councillor Wright stated that he understood the mistake on the business license was incredibly unprofessional and that this type of mistake was not something they could be flippant about because they were putting danger in people's hands. Councillor Wright further stated that if they were following the same model of the bike docking stations, they came in and did studies and did communications. They they provided information right. and they asked the city if they wanted them to do it, but they, being Bird, were not doing that. How angry was the council about the way that Bird came in? Oh, it was awful. I mean, it was utter chaos. It was awful. And, you know, that's just, you couldn't be more wrong than what they did. I mean, you just couldn't. It was, it just, you just don't do that. It was wrong. It was absolutely out of ordinance and wrong. And, um, every, like I said, everybody was furious. And I do think that they sent someone like they sent by design and in our city attorney, he does a phenomenal job. He did a lot of research on this. He did a lot of work on this and this is how they operate. They come, you know, they come into these cities. Um, they do not communicate with city government and, and that's how they operate. And so the guy that, so oh, wow. sorry to answer your question, let me come back around to your question. The guy, I think what our city attorney uncovered was that they sent someone like the guy that they sent by design. This guy was very nice. He was very apologetic. He fell on the sword. He um, didn't have a lot of information because he, quote, was brand new and mm -hmm. didn't know a lot. And I think they do that. I think that's part of their strategy. I think that's, you know, when they do go in front of the city government, that they send somebody who is, couldn't be nicer, couldn't be, you know, more apologetic, but doesn't have any information. <laughs> so it was, it was very chaotic and, um, 
and frustrating. Oh, boy. Uh, the author quoted one counselor as saying, I can't imagine why anyone would want the scooters. I haven't talked to anyone that would want to ride one. Despite the <laughs> and way... And then Counselor Andrus said... Right? Does it, does it quote me? Because that's the next thing. <laughs> uh, no, it actually doesn't. Again, let's blame that substitute minute taker. But do you remember what your response was? Oh, absolutely. I said, uh, I have to, can I say something, Mr. President? I do want to say that I've spoken to three separate residents who have all spoken in favor of the scooter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I did, I did get that out there. I don't know why we wouldn't have minutes for that. That's, that's our, why that wouldn't be the minutes. I think I remember seeing that actually, but cause I did have three separate, uh, constituents say, you know, come on, Homewood, get with the times. You know, I travel to such and such a city and they're there and they're great. So um, anyway, you know, we're going to wait and see how Birmingham City deals with it before we take it on again. So that's where we are with that. Got it. And I don't want to end before apologizing in part to the substitute minute taker because the meeting minutes do in fact say, quote, Councillor Andrus stated that she did have a few people reach out to her to express interest. Thanks for listening. And remember, today's podcast is sponsored by Dig Deep Research, a leading cultivator of creative funding solutions. Visit GoDigDeep.com to learn more.